I did do a recording one time where the the chair that I'm sitting on just like I totally Goldilocks it and just collapsed. That's great. I'll make a bloopers. That was amazing. This is episode two of Our Chenko. Stop making gymnastics so damn hard. Hosted by Nicole Langevin and Justin Spring and brought to you by Inside Gymnastics Magazine. If you can't explain it simply, you sh- simply shouldn't explain it. I can oh, never say that right. Did I say that, it right? Yeah, no, I like that. If you can't, you can't explain, explain it, it. Sim- if you can't explain it simply, you simply shouldn't explain it. There it is. That's the one. And it's like, ugh, I gosh, I mean, I think about this all the time. Like, I sucked at bars. Sucked at bars. I mean, the you would laugh if I told you the routine I did at Level Ten Nationals. It was not. You, it's like the Level Ten routine you'd see on like a television show that like thought they were showing you a level 10 routine, oh, but nice. actually it yes. wasn't. Yeah. There was like a bounce My daughter's back watching in it. A variety of those right now. On <laughs> whatever. A lot, a lot of them coming out of Australia and I, and uh-huh. I'm like gymnastics. I'm like, that wasn't bad. Oh, gymnastics Academy. Yeah. Like, oh. Totally watching it. You know that one? Yeah. I don't know. I just looked up. They all had Australian accents and I was like, yeah, nice gym. Where is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like to go there. Um, what was I saying? Uh, Throwing yourself in the big bus and how good your bars were. No, my bars were made myself under the bus. Oh, but understanding now, like now the way that I understand bars, had I understood it then, it would have been a totally different story. Oh, were coaches saying those funny. same things to me in, in hindsight? Yeah, I just didn't. I never thought about it the way of like, it should just feel like a swing set. That same, stop trying. So like, I just never got it. So I think that we we get to a point, like a, coaches that were gymnasts, you Go from that to this other side. You have these revelations of like completely understanding the mechanics behind everything. And all you want to do is impart that on them so that they can be as good as you are in your brain now, but with their bodies now, right? It's like almost like giving your younger self the knowledge that you have. Problem is they're not adults. So they're getting these dissertations and it's not helping. And they don't bring it to life. And so just like technique, just like culture, like, you can know it and have it, but if if it's not working, if it's not coming to life, then it's not serving its purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has to, you have to use it. It's got to work for you. Like yeah. you just can't have this thing on the wall. That's like, here's your drill sets. Like, no, like it's got to come to life in your gymnastics. And if it's yeah. not, then we're, you're missing something. Yeah. You're just doing stuff. You're just doing positions. You're just talking to de- to to kids with the, the monkey and the symbols going on yeah. there. The vector is a 38 degree angle from, yeah. uh, you know, from vertical. And they're just like, ching, ching, ching. Cool. Just they're just tic- TikTok dancing about, behind you. The fun stuff. Yeah. Just. <laughs> but this brings up something that we've talked about too, where when it comes to drills and, and being so hyper-focused on how do you break every little moment of a skill down so that everything is perfect. So that when you put it together, it's this beautiful masterpiece. And I love that whole aspect of gymnastics. I love finding those things. However, sometimes it's a little bit of overkill. Like we are drilling the step into the step. Drilling the drill before the real drill. Drilling the drill, micro drilling the pre-drill of the drill of the drill. Yeah. Yeah. And that sometimes things are lost and sometimes less is more. And I know I specifically have some stuff, especially with front tumbling, where I, I give three words maybe every 10 minutes and just let them figure it out um, and do a lot of clapping, like 
that kind of stuff to get it moving, but like not information. And I think there's certain things that that's really effective because then they have to figure it out. I just put a quote in. It was it was it was literally speaking to overcorrecting, and it was it it really hit well for me. Um, it was this concept of like so much the, the technical coaching that has come about in all sports, but I think gymnastics is ground zero because of how technical of a sport we are. Mm -hmm. A technical correction is something you feel like you can correct immediately. And then you, you walk away feeling really good about it. You got it. And like, and so like, that's why like the more drills we implement, the athlete feels good about it. The coach feels good about it. Everyone we're making progress. Like, Oh, what a great day. And like, what's lost a little bit. And this is a total side tangent. We can get, this could be a whole nother episode, but like is in that you're not teaching grittiness. You're not teaching, um, you're not teaching, um, com competitiveness, like you're not teaching the athlete how to like troubleshoot and the intensity because like in a meet things are going to feel off because now you're on a podium and now this is a speed floor and now this is a dark gym and now there's the extra energy because I drank a Red Bull today because it was a meet and I don't ever normally do that. And so like you've got nine other contributing factors for why this feels completely different than it always did. And what you can't do in that moment, the last turn before the meet or in the warm up of the meet is like, we're just going to go down through the drill progressions and like you can't do that. You're the damn meat. You got to show up and be able to be resilient, adapt, and adjust on the fly in the moment because you've got 10 minutes to warm up and you got to show the damn thing. And so, like, I think with the drills and the micro, you, you're, you're, we keep working a, away from that. And mm -hmm. so, the antithesis of that is like letting them play and figure it out themselves and not giving them that because they want it. They like, they'll finish a turn and be like, give me the thing I need. Like that was the problem. Okay, thank God. And then I can, I feel good about that. Now I know what went wrong. And I, you don't ever sit in like an une like an uneasiness. Mm -hmm. But like that is where we and we've all said that this that's where the growth is being uncomfortable and then you having to, to like sift through the garbage to figure out exactly in your own body in your own brain with your own sensory feedback of that was the problem. And every time we take that away with from from them through telling them what was wrong and then a technical correction of how to fix it, they're going to not be able to be as resilient and responsive and make the adjustments in those critical moments when the pressure is on their shoulders because mm -hmm. it's and so like. We got we got to get better at doing that. There, and don't get me wrong, there is a time for drill to really allow them to feel the adjustment in, that needs to be made to get the skill done. But there's also equal time needs to be spent on letting them figure that shit out themselves. Because in doing that, you're going to increase their ability to do it faster, quicker, better in the intensity of a comp, comp space, comp surface. So I think there's a couple things here though that are are making this such like a mag wag difference. And I agree with you because I will say, and people are going to hate this, but like I developed my, the highest peak of air awareness that I ever had was probably around 12 and it was from my trampoline. It was from fucking around the trampoline. Yeah, I mean, I was, it, the stuff I was doing then and knew exactly where I was. Um, I mean, I remember going to Woodward and this was at a, I think I was like 10 or 11 and my was air awareness, <laughs> no, you were not there that time. <laughs> this is Woodward, Pennsylvania. Um, but yes, Justin and I did meet at Woodward for the very first time. Oh, it was a very long relationship. <laughs> no, see, still going. <laughs> so I remember they had like the pit that was filled with like rubber, um, like flotation devices and stuff and like tires and then just like a bunch of random eight inch. Yeah. It was like that kind of pit. Um, there was trampoline into it. But getting to the point at like 10 or 11 years old that I went, Rudy in double full out. I knew exactly where I was. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I was like a level 
seven. Like, it, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I wasn't a lead or anything, but that air awareness came from fucking around on my trampoline so much. Now it was countered with the technique that I was getting in the gym, of course. So I feel like you need both, but I think, need, I think that's the thing is you need both. You need both. But I think but with, I, with you guys, you on the mag side, you've got two things. You've got one, which is until recently, your timeline to peak was so much longer than girls. There was time to play. You had time to, as we said, like, fucking chuck it and figure it out later, right? Clean it up in a few years from now, but just chuck it. And with the girls, we don't, we didn't have that time. The thought was you had to be at your peak by 13. Did not have time for that. Gotta so, make time for that is what I'm but saying. There, but there, no, I'm just saying why I think that there's such a difference there. Like, just um, culture-wise, like you guys had the time oh, I get it. to be messy I get and then it. clean it up. We had to be perfect every step of the way because our egotistical coaches in the late 80s and early 90s had to show everybody how early they could teach a kid a double back. I have a nine-year-old doing double, full, doing full ends. Like, look what I did. Instead of having yeah. the time, to, because by the time they're 17, they're old. You know, you better bring your cane if you're walking into this meet an 18 old lady, you know? So I think those two things. <laughs> was older for the women than the men. That's oh, I love it. Cat. How cool is that? It's so cool. Yeah. So I hope that just that little like, slow the f down a little bit, relax. Hopefully that will facilitate that a little bit. And then there's the micromanaging part too. Girls in general leading up to now where these changes are happening, we're not permitted to be anything less than perfect in every turn that they took and, and their execution. That's the antithesis of a growth mindset environment. That is traumatizing for you as an athlete and as a mm -hmm. human being. To feel that like you are, un, or you are unable to make mistakes. And so specifically, that's the importance of play. And I pulled up a quote because I, this is a big one for me, um, child psychologist. Scientists have discovered that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain. Unless it's done in play, in which that case, it only takes 20 repetitions. 20 to 400 if it's done in play for a kid to internalize and, and, and create a new synapse of like essentially learning. Um, this is from uh, Karen Purvis. And like, I just, I love that. Whoa. Think of how like the methodical, like just regurgitate, but like, think of how we learn as kids. Like we like thing like, so song is play, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Song. Like think of how much quickly you absorb information and, and things when it's done in play. So like gymnastics, like when you play on trampoline, you learn, you learn things faster. I can tell you that's one I, I would, how, how, what's the percentage of female athletes that are scared of trampoline compared to men? Oh just gosh. Yeah. I don't know the percentage. I don't know if there is no a percentage, does, but, but it's like, huge. But, yeah. But you yeah. would say that it's 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 a it's probably double on the women's side to men. And I think that's it. Like, what's that like to be scared to have your body flipping and twisting in the air as a gymnast? As a gymnast. <laughs> that is crazy to me. I can't like that is nuts to me. Do you want to know why I'm so excited? I am so excited because we at Precision have solidified our summer kickoff camp June 20th to the 23rd at Legends Gymnastics in North Andover, Massachusetts. They've got a brand new facility and it is gorgeous. So join us June 20th. The June 20th session is in the evening as an orientation session, followed by three more full days of training. 
June 20th to the 23rd. We also have our end of summer camp, which is happening August 6th through 9th. This one is called the Precision New England Training Camp, and this is held up in beautiful Salem, New Hampshire at A2 Gym and Cheer. Both of these camps are for all competitive levels and feature world-class training by top coaches, judges, and clinicians. Not only do we focus on technical training on all events, we also do sessions on mental toughness, injury prevention by an actual doctor of physical therapy. We may throw in some nutrition education, some parent sessions. There's always judging feedback and of course, artistry training. And here's the cool thing. If you want to go to both camps, you want to start and finish your off-season training with Precision, sign up for both camps and get $100 off your second camp. Yeah, that's what I said, $100 off your second camp. Head over to precisionchoreo.com forward slash registration and search for Precision's summer kickoff camp in Massachusetts and Precision's New England training camp in New Hampshire. Oh, and one more thing. Coaches, you come for free. That's right. While we'd love for you to bring 25 or 50 athletes, all you really need to do is bring one and you're in. We just want to get the education out there. So no minimum athletes for coaches to attend. Okay. Bye. Like, what's that like to be scared to have your body flipping and twisting in the air as a gymnast? As a gymnast. <laughs> that is crazy to me. I can't, like, that is nuts to me. Like, and we want them to have good awareness and like have, and have ownership of their landings, but you're scared to flip and twist in the air. For me, that was a big piece of, of uh, uh, that was a huge focal point for me as I've come into yeah. this world is like, that's exactly why we're going to hit this really hard. Because like for you to feel like scared, um, I've got some girls flipping front folds both ways now, both directions. Um, and just like, I, I be, and, and now like when we, when we like, Ask them to like change their body shape, head shape, like coming off the vault table. They're not rooted in like, like every muscle fibers clenched because I'm scared shitless right now. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I can do that. Like, I'm not scared to be in the air. I'm not scared to flip and twist in high spaces. <laughs> like, yeah. And that allows them to play with making changes. Um, I don't know. I've seen it. I, that would, I would say that's probably the one polarizing change. Like, difference yeah. i've seen from coming in here um and to like to where we are now is like this much more at ease and exciting um uh, approach to trampoline that i've seen start to show up in floor and vault in a lot of different in a lot of different yeah. ways yeah yeah i think that's a huge selling point <laughs> wow. there's there's a lot of people out there that you know really advocate for using trampoline more than just go have fun i mean it's fun anyway by nature oh, but using fun. it as a training tool yeah Huge like our, 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 we have a huge, we have a front basics and a back basics on tumble track. Tumble track is fantastic too for just as so far, like we do this trivial thing, talk about again, the logic of like one of our for opening passes is tuck jumps, mm -hmm. tuck jumps, and then coming back and finding vertical again. Right. And so like, and then, and then you go into tuck to, to, to front tuck, punch the vertical. And it's cause like we, like so many people have a hard time finding vertical for bounding tumbling. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you struggle with a punch front, to open up to like a, you know, like to, to record, to rebound, finding vertical. How do you think you're gonna be able to find like vertical or the right punch angle coming out of your back one and a half? Like mm -hmm. you can't do it out of a simple front tuck, you know? And so right. like, I find myself referencing, like, remember, remember when we warmed up with like just the tuck jumps and like you're, you're coming out like here, you know, your butt, your feet are in front of you, your butt behind you and your hands mm -hmm. are in front. Like no wonder the front layout is skimming. Low. Yeah. yeah low, 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 long. And so like, 
being able to reference that and be like, find your vertical again, mm-hmm. you know? So, and so like, see me, but like the first time I had them do tuck jumps, they're like, tuck jumps. This like is Alabama, D- right? One college. At, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to come back to this a lot though. And yeah. we have, but that is the fact that we are doing the hardest or we say coaching now, the hardest sport in the world. We need to make it as easy as possible. We need to explain it simply and break it down simply and stop making it so freaking hard. Yeah. And a a back one and a half front tuck serves the same exact purpose, technically speaking, as a front handspring front tuck. You're coming out of that one and a half, you're same as just as if you did a front handspring. Yeah. Like it's all, did you see that little elbow drop? That was, that was super smooth. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just all off the desk. Leave that one. I did do I did do a recording one time where the the chair that I'm sitting on just like I totally Goldilocks it and just like collapsed. That's great. We'll make a boo. That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, that whole the whole front tumbling thing, I I feel really strongly because that's one of the things I lecture on a lot. It's like the the back one and a half into fronts and the front bounding and things like that. But that it's you land a one and a half, the same position except for the arms as you do as a front layout, as you do as a front handspring. So instead of teaching f- three different skills, just it's just three different ways to get to the same thing. Yeah. Like, and and having them recognize you, you that same feeling on the, every time. So you've hyper focused on the arms being the rudder and the difference of of how you set for those the different skills. I, I go front handspring, whoa, front layout, one and a half. Yeah. Okay. Bring it back. But yeah. So like for a one and a half, they do a full at the point that they're learning one and a half fulls are super comfortable. They don't even feel like they're spinning anymore. So they see the ground on the full and then just pull that arm and still see the ground. So then go into the front tuck and front fulls. No, no, one and a half. Same thing as a front full though. But like, yeah, that one and a half. Your brain is still just doing a full. It just opens at the end and then you go into something else. Mm -hmm. You don't guess when you're going to hit it's not a blind thing what's blind is the front tuck that i mean we need to get into that right the spotting let's do it let's do it the spotting versus the timing and again and i think a lot of these concepts we're talking about increasing your your ability your range of success i think that's what really all this comes down to is that you can just train based off timing and feeling all day and that's a good that's a good contributor but yeah. feeling and timing are going to change depending on your sleepiness level, the yeah. floor, the up. brand of equipment. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so like your, the way that you tremendously increase your range for of success is by using your peepers, using your eyes to know exactly where that floor is. Thus your punch point. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can adjust by extending earlier, slowing your rotation down by elongating your body or like, damn, and this is a little bit lower and longer one. And then bring them in and wrap and still salvage the combo pass. It's and not like, cheating. No. It's it being smart. Cheating, but it's legal. It's legal <laughs> cheating. It's a hack for your t- for your combo tumbling. But you know, if anybody's gonna call Kenzo a hack, then let's no. let's do it. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy does, I'm gonna say, uh, I change this every time I talk about it. He does 47 twists uh, in his floor routine. Now I'll tell you, I used this example this year at National Congress. Some girl came up to me after that's actually friends with him. And so she she was letting me know she's going to pass on the the statistics that I made about his routine. But seven, uh, twist per, per, forty seven and a half uh, this year. That's what he's doing. 
But, you know, just saying this guy does whatever, three and a half to front triple to Randy, like whatever. And if you watch him in slow motion, his eyes are never off the floor. Yeah. Ever. You gonna, is that like cheating? Is that wrong? Man, oh, smart. Like you played with, um, I mean, it's got, I mean, cause it would be, it would be so scary to try to flip a, you know, a double full out of a three and a half if you didn't know where that damn ground was because yeah. the, 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 the tightness and, 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 and assertive commitment to the punch to do a double full or a triple full out of a three and a half is so intense. Yeah. You damn well better know where you are. You cannot do it from timing because if you biff your timing and you come out of your three and a half with your feet, two feet in front of you and you're back like this, that's the end of your lumbar region, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you will never tumble again. Like that's the thing. You've got to know yeah. where yeah. your pitch point is, where your yep. surface is. Yep. And so if you're not, and so this, I, here's the other thing with, with spotting too is, I think when we do the drills, it's so dramatic, right? You like, like a spot looks like this. <laughs> it's like, whole well, time out. Like the flare out when we're start, start to learning it is, but in reality, a spot really just kind of, it, it's glance it, over your shoulder. It's, it's just, you get your eyes on the yep. floor for a mm -hmm. half a millisecond. Mm -hmm. and you're like, that's where it is. And, and that's all you have. Cause you're back you're... to getting into your combo, right? Yeah. yeah. If you wait to see how it is, you've missed the moment. Yeah. Unless you're super over rotated and then you've got a lot of time to stall, but that's yeah. rarely the case when you're yep. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And there goes consistency. So yeah, just yet another like way of making the sport a little, it's so freaking hard. So we got to find the ways to make it as easy as possible. And that doesn't mean poor technique. It just means like, stop making it so damn hard. Like how come all those years girls had to lever in and out of all these acro skills? Like, cause it looks nice when you draw the picture of the person in the book. Cause it's not how the body works properly or efficiently. And that's so hard. Like all the drilling for the skin. Like, I, I mean, I guess this is a very, I see this as a very, like why, and this is maybe you're a great person to ask, but I feel like front bowls back one on a halves are the most common and, and front layouts are the most common opening combo skills going into something else. Right. That mm -hmm. I see. Why is it that we like to find this concave hollow shape going into our bounding? That seems like it's been it's it's been ingrained in in women's gymnastics. Is that me? Am I so like they they'll come out and they will they'll basically like feet in front of them, rounded, you know, torso and almost and almost like arms in front, and then like booty pop back to like try to do this to do a good layout. And I'm like, what is that? Why would you leave your feet in front and have your chest rounded to go into a front combo skill? Um, I think that a lot of, a lot of this happens because we're conditioned to extreme positions. Yes. I guess. And we I'm don't know the ones yeah. in between. Yeah. I think that's what that is. I, I encounter that a lot on beam. Like I teach their, when they land acro, like when they're upside down, and their hands are either on the beam or if they're in like a layout or an aerial, their arms are on the side of the beam. I teach them to keep the beam in between their arms as they stand up and just right here. Right. And every time I go to clinics on these kids are like, like, okay, go stand on the beam like that. Just go stand like this <laughs> on straight legs with one foot in front of the other. And then imagine a 500 mile wind comes by. And if you so much as waver, you'll never have a meal again. Now, I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want to stand like this? 
or do you want to stand like this? Obviously not there, but it's, it's hard because they recognize, yeah. oh, if, as soon as I put my arms up, I feel a little, oh, it's not functional. Like the whole point of beam is to stay on it. So why yeah. like do what makes you balance, not <laughs> these extremes. So I think, I think with that, there's the idea that if they're doing a front talk out of whatever you're talking about, they got to get to that. So it's either you think it's a jumping rush? the gun and getting there early. Yeah. Like rushing, getting there early. Cause there's, you can be quick and patient at the same time. And I think that's what tumbling is. You have yeah. to be quick in your reaction time, but you have to be patient to do it at the right time. Yeah. Speed and patience aren't the same thing. Mm -hmm. You see that on vaults a lot, like rushing, but still with a lot of speed, right? Or, or, yeah. or with a ton of speed. Mm -hmm. Like that with all the time with the round off. The round off doesn't finish um, because you rushed. You could have been slow as hell, though. You could have been fast as hell. Like that's irrelevant of, of how much speed right. you bring. Yeah. Although I will say that speed is generally your enemy as you're trying to make technical changes and slowing down helps, which again is why tumble track and trampoline are really good because it slows yeah. down shit a lot mm -hmm. and it exacerbates problems. And that's why actually why a lot of what your, your athletes that have some of the bigger issues with them hate it because it makes their problem like show up even more. And then you're like, well, no, this is how we uh, low impact fix this. You know, like I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't even show up until I was already a level 10. Like, I was already like, I'm not learning anything else anymore anyway, but could not figure that out for the life of me. You're really powerful because power, I mean, like. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know how to, like, let the, let the thing do the thing. How to let the thing do the thing. It does not get much more insightful than that, does it? I hope you guys enjoyed episode two of our Chenko. And right now, the first three episodes of the show are up on YouTube. You can watch the full videos. Just head over to youtube.com forward slash what makes you think podcast and check out the Our Chenko playlist. Make sure to subscribe and let us know your thoughts. Episode three will appear here somewhere down the line. And it is called the Heath Thorpe Effect. And, well, you just have to check it out to know why it's called the Heath Thorpe Effect. And I also wanted to remind you about the free webinar that I'm doing on February 13th. This is put on by TumbleTrack. And it is called Quick Fix Drills to Increase Scoring Potential. These are little things that you can implement during practice now in season to target common issues that negatively impact scores with the hopes and expectations that it will increase your scoring potential. So check that out February 13th, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You can go to my social media, at Nicole Langevin Consultant, or you can go to any of TumbleTrack social media, T-U-M-B-L-T-R-A-K, or their website, tumbletrack.com, and get yourself registered. I will see you here next week with a brand new full episode featuring one of the greatest Canadian gymnasts of all time, Kate Richardson. Oh, and there is a jaw drop moment in this episode. I am so excited for you guys to hear it. All right. See you next week. Bye.